Well, it's another day here with Wake Up With KC. And today I'm going to talk about, because I love music. Growing up in the 80s, I just loved all the genre of music that was out there. And I have a very special guest that has been in the music, had a very successful music career, opened up for The Clash, Blondie. And she went through a transformation through music and now she shares her story with us today please welcome ananda ananda welcome you did a great job with my name thank you <laughs> it sounds like a mediterranean delicious dish you <laughs> i want to try it <laughs> <laughs> You do. You. It's a beautiful name. And you shared with me just a moment ago what that name means. Can you share that with the audience today? Yeah, I'd love to. So it is a Sanskrit word, and it means, Ananda means the divine origin of bliss. So it's not like bliss is just being happy, but it doesn't disclude that. But it means that the source of creation is in a state of Ananda, that it is blissful and consistent no matter what is going on. It doesn't fluctuate with the movement of all these different experiences that we go through in life. So my name is Ananda Shakti, but I just keep it short for people. Shakti means um, power and energy. So it means the energy of the divine bliss that sees creation, that sees only bliss in everything, that doesn't have two eyes, that has one eye that sees everything as part of as as part of creation. So that's the name and, and it was given to me by my guru. So when that happens um, in their visionary meditation meditative states, they, they are shown what the name is for that individual soul. And then it, it is it is your path. And the more you hear it, the more you say it, the more it, it initiates you on your path, like to behave in that particular way. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Wow. I would like to know what my name is then. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to go, you know, back in, in, in time, you know, back to the 80s with you. Yes. Okay. How did your music career start? <laughs> well, my music, my music career started really before that in that I always, always sang as a child and just loved music more than anything else and found that it made me happier and it was one of the things that could bring people together in such a, such a beautiful way no matter what was happening. And so I was always adventuresome with my singing and, you know, in every choir I could possibly get into and doing all these kinds of things. And then as a teenager, like 14, 15, like, early, you know, fairly early teens, um, you know, you're into all the different bands and things like that. And then it really became, well, why can't we do it? <laughs> you know? And so... <laughs> So by the time the B-Girls, the band that I was in in the punk days, formed, I don't think I was 18. I think I was about 17, probably. And it was, and we actually formed the band, and we had our first gig, but we actually didn't know how to play our instruments yet. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the memo, did you? <laughs> and then we had to like figure out what songs, and we had to write some songs and learn how to play. Our fingers were bleeding. We practiced, like, we were hard workers. So, like, we like practiced for like 14 hours in like one of the girls' basements, and their parents had to put up with us, like, trying to figure out how to change from like a D chord to an A chord to a C chord. <laughs> and your fingers are bleeding and everything, but, but, but we did it, you know, and, and we just had the right vibe. So regardless of, and of course, the punk days were um, forgiving as far as, you know, it was more attitude than it was exactly, you know, musical perfection. So, so it was a good time for us to step out that way. But, but it, that's how it started. And, and people just immediately liked us and immediately were on our side and immediately were like showing us how to, you know, giving us guitar, showing us how to play, writing songs, like helping us. Like it was just like one thing after another. As soon as we, as soon as we got the idea and, and some of your taglines at the beginning, you know, I, I see that this show is really about you know, people dreaming themselves into like a, a new place. Like 
know, allowing themselves to really consider something greater. This is a really good example of that. Like we had the idea, we had the strong enthusiasm. We didn't have any talent. <laughs> I mean, we had some talent, obviously it came out, but we didn't have it developed. We didn't have, you know, the connections. We didn't have anything else, but it all worked. It just worked. It just, you, because you believed in it. Yeah. And you weren't sure how, and isn't that funny how the, I guess the universe, the devices, it's synchronicities. It's from the imagination, which Einstein talks about constantly, you yes. know, through, you know, his life time. Yes. And just like trust the process, just knowing and believing just from that thought. Yeah. And you add the energy, the emotion, energy, yes. emotion to it, and just go with the flow. It things are it's like a magnet coming to you. Yeah, it is absolutely that. I mean, the truth is before we change our mind and start to see something else, we are already living in that which we are perceiving. We are vibrational beings that are living in the stories. It's a bit of a complicated description from karma, but we're living in karmic impressions that are cellular impressions until we don't, until we decide not, until we become aware and we don't, don't get bound by them. But we are living in the story that we are projecting. We're always doing that. So then we shift the story, then, then we project something else, we project something else, we project something else. But the real key is to understand that we have everything within ourselves already. Like we actually don't have to develop anything from the outside. It's a matter of sort of just moving the stuff out of the way that's stopping us from being able to see it. It's a different process than a lot of people think. And, I, and it is that idea of like visioning it and feeling it in the heart, not just purely visual, but being able to feel it in the heart that takes us into that realm. It's a science. It really is. It's, it's a spiritual science or esoteric science, and it's a science. I think that's like what we call like that spiritual awakening and everybody goes through it when I guess the soul is ready. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it hurts sometimes. It's not like, Oh, okay. I'm awake kind of thing. No, it's a, a process and it can bring up things in order to show you the truth of who you are. Would you, would that be safe to say? Yes. As we dig deeper, as we call more light into our experience of who we are consciously, then that which, which is obstructing the light has to move out. So again, it's like, if you think of it as just a balancing of energy, it's really helpful if we don't take get so personal about our experiences, if we can see them more as energy that's been moved in particular ways. So right now what's happening on our planet with the shift that's taking place right now is that tremendous amounts of light are being in are, are being um, it's hard to find the right word revealed to the collective before this happened on independent and individual levels now it's happening on a collective level and so really what we're being called to is to to live in a deeper emancipated state a state of deeper sense of peace of fullness of abundance of love of oneness of connectivity of freedom all of these kinds of things and so therefore because all of that is coming towards us then everything in us that has been conditioned to live in another way like it's all like kind of vomiting itself out in the whole course of it all and so people are in this process and so it feels quite painful but and it is painful because it's pain that's being released but the orientation of understanding what's going on is the most important thing because that allows you not to get caught in it. And I really, really, really want to reach out to your listeners that especially now, I mean, I don't know when these shows get aired. Is it live right now? Is it happening now? Or it is. It's pre-recorded live. Okay. It will okay. air out at a later date. Oh, pretty fast. So what's happening now, we have massive... Um, astrological alignments that are that are creating all sorts of you know waves in the undercurrents we're not necessarily seeing them on the outside but people are experiencing a lot of um discomfort 
discomfort like being deconstructed but understand this is so great it's so positive don't buy into an idea that something is wrong it's like the floor is being swept out of the way like just see like you're being swept out that's all that's going on because you're coming into the light we all are and the light, you know, this is not a religious talk. You can you can call the light anything you want to. Like it's not it's not about that. It's about it's about we are light. You know, we can we can work that through from a scientific perspective. So just understand, as it's uncomfortable, you can actually now stop and go. Hey, okay, great. Another part's being swept and speak to speak to that experience of source, however you wish to name it. Go, okay, thank you. Help me get help me through this one. Help me because the identity is the problem. When we identify with the limited self, then we suffer and then it's hard to let it go. Why would anybody want to let something go that they believe is themselves? It's like, you know, you're going to chop off your own arm. You're not going to. You have to understand that it's not really who you are. It's just an experience that you've been carrying that started to become part of your personality. And so now it feels like that's what you are. I like how you put that and in my perspective from, because I've, I have great mentors. Uh, you probably know of them. Uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Greg Dispenza. Braden, um, you know, um, we're, we all come into this earth already programmed, yeah. being programmed with, you know, belief systems and even emotional energetic traumas. Yes. And now I look at, you know, life in a different perspective because it's like, oh, wait a minute. I grew up believing this because this is what I was told to believe. Uh-huh. And I was the one that even questioned some of it. You know, well, why, why is that? How come, you know... And always been shut down. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, that, so that plays an important part, especially the first seven years of your life. You're already getting conditioned. <laughs> you are. But if we look at it from um, the next level of subtlety, like if we talk about dimensional reality as like, you know, a, a higher frequency dimension from that, even in the, in the, you know, I call myself an interdimensional healing artist. And I, I do channel, I have for decades, um, angelic realm presence. And so the, the, the main focus of that particular frequency is to show us that beyond whatever this 3D world has trained us to believe in or not believe in, we are as souls, like we have a, like a living library that is a collection of all of our experiences. We bring it forward. So therefore, we don't actually engage. We don't get attracted to anything that's not, not reflecting something back that we already are carrying as part of the karmic patterning that we came here to, to release. And so this allows us, this perspective allows us to completely step out of any victim, persecutor, um, rescuer consciousness and into true empowerment. That, that it doesn't mean... I'm not, I'm not excusing people with horrible deeds. I'm not saying you never say no. That's a totally different conversation. But if we stay at the level of the victim or the persecutor or the rescuer, we cannot be empowered because somehow we are saying it should not have happened. We can say it's a horrible thing that it happened, but we have to understand that it is, our, it is the karmic lesson, the teaching teaching I like better because lesson sounds kind of like it's like an angry god it's like a teaching we're actually here earth is a hospital and a school <laughs> like that's what it is it's a hospital and a school and everybody who comes here is you know wounded and they're looking for education you know it's like they're looking for awareness and so we bring these stories in with us they create our personalities they create all the dynamics that we end up in the family that we incarnate into the whole thing and and there's wisdom in the recognition of what it is and the transformation of it and when we can understand that it is between us and creation, not about us and society in any way, then we, then we become liberated. Then we really become free. Wow. I love how you put that. Because life is just, 
to explore and experience and your yeah. soul came here to do just that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. And again, I'm not saying terrible things are not terrible things, but it's not like something should not be happening. We have to understand why it happens. There's always a teaching in it and it's not a punitive teaching. It is an artistic expression of energy that is taking us into more and more subtle realms of ourselves, regardless of what it might look like on the outside at times. So let me ask you something, getting into music. You yes. opened up for The Clash, which must have been a trip in itself, <laughs> and Blondie. But what happened, you know, I guess after that, you know, going through that experience and then you finding yourself changing your whole music dynamics from punk to, to spiritual meditation and all that. Like what happened? Well, in essence, I had a spiritual awakening. Um, I was still living in New York City at the time. And um, I was very different than everybody else around me already. <clears throat> I wasn't, I didn't even drink beer. You know, like I didn't, I, I did these things when I was like, a young young teenager and I have this tendency to do things fast and hard like and then oh my god that's so boring I have no interest in it anymore so I had completed all of those tendencies which was lucky for me because many of the people who hadn't aren't even alive anymore but I had and so I was like in a different world I was drinking Perrier I was like running to the UN back every morning and like everybody else was like you know pretty wasted and so um so I had a different trajectory and what I was interested in, I got involved in yoga. I met these people that were like hippies, which I really didn't even you know, have any association with. And they were eating spirulina and rice. And I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and then they started talking about yoga. I'm like, oh, okay, I want to try that. You know, and just boom, boom. And then, but I, I had, I didn't understand that I had this, but I was, you know, almost like what they call like a live wire, like extremely sensitive system. So the moment I came into contact with these higher realm teachings, you know, immediately I'm like, like my, you know, I'm, go I'm going spontaneously into breathing exercises that are yoga techniques that I had no idea. I've never even seen them before. Like my body is responding in all these spontaneous ways, right? It's having memory and stuff is coming out of it. And, and, and my heart just like really opened in a way that was so meaningful for me around life. Like life really had meaning when we were in the punk days really, and we were seeking meaning, but really what we were doing mostly was complaining about the fact that it didn't have meaning, and, and rightfully so, because in that state of mind, you couldn't find it, you know, like it just wasn't available for you to find, because it's not, because you were really more bent on the fact that it wasn't there, right? There was that kind of reactionary rebellion that needed to take place. So then when I found it, and I found this higher meaning, and I found like this God consciousness, for a lack of a better word, and I, you know, I didn't look back. I really didn't. It was like, this is what I've been looking for. I knew, I knew now that this is what I was looking for. I was always seeking. You know, I changed my names, God knows how many times. <laughs> from the time I was this big, I think my mother said I ran away from home when I was three years old. Like I was like, I was always just like trying to figure, like find something else. You know, I was like seeking from a young, young age and doing all these kinds of things. And so, and changing my name constantly. And, and then it was like, oh, okay, this is it. This is it. So then I, then, then I, I did go like the, the main spiritual teacher that I had actually was back in Canada, which was my home country in Toronto. And so I went back to live closer to him so I could have more time with him. And, um, I was still intent on playing music because music was my life, um, but I couldn't find anybody who would like, I remember putting like ads in newspapers and things like that, like more like community newspapers, like looking for, it was hard to even describe because I wasn't really sure what it was that I wanted to do. But I knew it wasn't that anymore, but I wanted people to come together and play music that somehow was matching what it was that I was experiencing. And I couldn't find anybody. I really couldn't find anybody. I tried pretty hard. And um, then, but I was determined 
and then I made a very strong commitment that I would, and this is probably the thing that really shifted it over. I would only play music that enhanced my own and other people's sense of wholeness. So that meant like, never mind any of the, the really intense punky things, which was not our band's style anyways, but even like all the heartbreak stories all the time and all this kind of stuff. Like, no, that wasn't enhancing people's fullness. This was enhancing their idea that there's something missing all the time and they need to be sad and lonely and mad and all these different things. And so that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't play that kind of music anymore. Um, so eventually it shifted over and I was fortunate that then... Um, in, in the yoga scene, um, something called kirtan, which you might be familiar with, I don't really know. It's, it's an Indian word for a type of music that gets played traditionally in India, where um, the band or the performer will sing some holy phrase, and then you repeat it back, and it's just call and response, call and response. Like a mantra. A mantra. Yeah. yeah, like a mantra, yeah. So um, that started to, that just, just started to wake up, you know, it was like just starting. And so I hooked into that and um, and then I was able just to take that from there and create my own thing from there and to, and yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> during that journey, cause I can so relate on what you're saying about, you know, listening to music, you know, the sad, heartbreaking yeah. and whatnot, it creates and I noticed this even during the eighties, like the disco, the the roller. I call it roller skating music, not disco. <laughs> My roller skating music, you know, uh, you know, like freak, lushy, freak out, you know. <laughs> you know? Uh, even I roller skated to the Clash, you know. Um, what was that one song? Should I stay or should I go? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a blast from the past. <laughs> but that it it's like music with the the chords, the the melody uh, and all of that resonates with the our chakras cuz every chakra holds a note. So when you're hearing it, you're hearing all these notes that are vibrating with your chakras. It could either get your chakras moving and get that Kundalini going, you know, or it can, you could be sad, angry, or happy through music. Through music. Well, okay. Absolutely. Because if we even just go into like, basic creation stories. It's not only in Christianity, but it's in many, many stories that sound is the thing that creates the universe. And it makes sense because sound is a vibrational experience that, so then we have this idea in the Eastern philosophies, you know, we have this, this, this great sound, the sound of Om, and everything comes out of Om. It's like everything's different by different, um, vibrations of the sound of ohm, like different variations of the sound of ohm. And so the sound <coughs> sorry, I have a spice in my throat. Ooh. Okay. I'm in India. <laughs> okay. So um the sound of the chakra, so it's chakra, it's like ch, ch. Chakra. And, yeah. <coughs> chakra, yeah, chakra, like ch. Just think of it like chak. Whenever there's a ch, it's ch. It's always ch. hard. Yeah. So the chakras um, move according to the different vibrations of sound. And it's absolutely true, the way that music is composed, it creates different vibrational states of consciousness right? And then the consciousness, and so it's vibrational healing. The consciousness can be really, really affected in a negative way, and it can be really, really uplifted, depending on the, the way that the notes come together, um, the, the instruments that they're played on, the loudness or the softness, the, the rhythm, the cadence, everything about it. Um, 
there's also a lot of very interesting information now around the tuning of music. And that, they, and that I have been reading a lot about the fact that the original tuning of our music was, <clears throat> I think, 425. Now it's 440. Universal tuning is 440. And the 425 was the, is the sound of the heart chakra. And it got shifted out of actually some um, negative influences because, the, because when music is at 425, it empowers people's hearts to start to feel connected to their own higher self and to their source. So, so and when we're in 440, we're not even really in the best vibrational energy to be able to create that transformation that we're looking for, but we still can do it with the right intention, right? I mean, it creates something no matter what, it creates something no matter what. So it's really important and it's significant. Like, what do we listen to? How do we listen to it? When do we listen to it? In India, there are something called ragas. Ragas are created for different times of the day. And when you listen to that, it's the, it's the appropriate construction of notes and rhythm for that, they're like two to three hour periods, time of the day. And when you listen to that raga at that time of day, like your whole system just goes totally into harmony and peace. It's amazing. It's amazing. So there's so many things about it. In the West, we do it a little bit differently, and that's okay because we're working with a different kind of consciousness. So it's more individuated. And um, so, you know, we choose. And that's really a good thing too, but choose wisely. What do you listen to? Why do you listen to it? When do you listen to it? Do we understand the effects of it on us? So the music that I play with Love Power of the Band is not ambient music it's really not i don't know if you had a chance to listen to it or not it's not ambient music it's not what people might think of meditation music but it is vibrationally healing music and the words the lyrics are all channeled pieces that are coming from the angelic realm and they are um designed to help people move into states of love with themselves with themselves you know, we're changing the love story. We're changing the romance that we're trying to get people involved in. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of people have a misconception of what love is because it has been conditioned programming of outside, you know, and it begins with your parents, you know, yeah. because what you see, what you hear how they interact and how their relationship is, it's going to set you up on what kind of relationship and what you believe love to be. Yeah. And it's so like far from the truth. It's yeah. love is inside of us. Love is like a feeling and it's euphoric orgasmic ecstasy at times. It, yeah. And it's like, once I experienced that, that totally, like that was part of my waking up. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> and I was just like, well, why can't everybody else experience? Like, why aren't they experiencing this? This is like, a <laughs> I don't like, come on, people wake up. It's inside you. And then we can expand it. And that's how, you know, that's the bliss part. When you can expand this euphoric orgasmic energy that's already in you. And once you can like light that fire up, you can expand it and it transfers. And that's like a key element of when you feel that and you get that vibration through your vocals, through the notes, through the music, it uh -huh. intensifies. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it really does. And I just like now I, I, I'm, I limit to what I listen to. Like uh -huh. if it doesn't make me feel good, I don't want to listen to something that's going to make me feel angry are right. sad. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm drawn to a lot of the love songs, um, Because You Loved Me, Celine Dion, um, you know, Journeys, Faithfully, you know. Um, no Journeys music at all. <laughs> I'll Be There For You from Bon Jovi, you know, <laughs> Leopard, you know, Two Steps Behind, Hysteria, I mean, I could go on and on about the the love music that I just so resonated with. And it just made me feel that love feeling, listening to them. 
That's and it's mind boggling. And I'm like, why do you guys want to listen to that? <laughs> like, I even had Dean <laughs> on my show. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you understand like what you project out there? Yeah. You know, I would rather do music that's sending good vibrations out that would spread like fire than negative music and, and all that, like more of a hate, like a hate negative energy that spreads like cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people don't, you know, I mean, I my, my personal feeling, my personal experience with life is that um, human beings are all innately in a forward process of evolution and seeking some kind of love and harmony and oneness and integration. That, that when people are acting in harmful ways, it's because they actually truly do not know what they're doing. Even though they might know, okay, I'm killing this person, but they actually don't know what that, they don't know what they're doing. You know, so uh, that's a bit of an extreme example to somebody playing music, but but it's like they, people just don't know. They just don't know what they're doing when they're, when they're doing that. They just don't know. They don't know the effects of it. If they knew the effects of it, they wouldn't do it. They don't think of the consequences. It's like no. they're not really thinking at all yeah. on a conscious awareness level. Like, hey, if I do this, this could cause harm. Yeah, no, no, no. They're not thinking because, you see, the ego is is a, an experience of separateness. That's what mm -hmm. ego is. And so it doesn't really, it's not easy for it to consider something else. And it also is a very insecure thing. So if it's getting some grandiose if it's getting some acknowledgement for what it's doing or if it's getting some sort of revenge for what it's doing you know then then it's content it's happy but um but it it doesn't really think of long term it's a very reactive faculty and most people are in the i guess the mindset and the program of you know being victim or they're constant in Constantly in survival. Constantly. Which stems from fear. Yeah. Constantly. Well, our society has been designed to keep people in survival mode, in victim mode, in fear mode. I mean, it's the way that it's constructed. In, you know, romance, like um, in that way that where it's a destructive kind of a thing where like you need the other person to complete something in yourself rather than it's like something that you come together to share. And so therefore there's always that feeling of emptiness, that feeling of longing. And that's, that's just the way, you know, people are affected right now. They just are. So this time is the time to wake up from that. That's really what's going on. And, and everybody is in their own ways, in their own rhythms. But that is really what's going on is the waking up to realize that it, even though it seems so real while we're in it, the truth is it's actually not real. It's not necessary. It's a story. You know, I mean, even I, I read something, I saw something flash on my phone today. The earth has 8 billion people now. What are we going to do? I'm going like, what? Like, what's your problem? Like, there's plenty of food on this planet to feed everybody. There's plenty of everything. This is just such a game that's going on. But it's like, I'm like, really? It's just like, like whatever, whatever fear that possibly can can be, um, in, you know, instigated is what happens. But that's the way that the ego functions. That's the way that fear functions. You know, misery loves company. Fear loves company. Yeah, tell me about it. You know, I mean, I was here in India during the whole lockdown, and so I was able to see the false representation of, you know, with my own eyes, I was able to see how India was being represented by the international press. Wasn't going on here. I was getting phone calls from people going, oh my God, I'm going, are you kidding me? We're like wide open. Nobody's wearing a mask for like for months now. Like, you know, I mean, it just wasn't true. It's just not true. I'm sorry, people don't want to hear, but mainstream media is not telling you the truth, either purposely or unconsciously because the other is more sensational, but it wasn't true. I saw it with my own eyes. And so, so there is this constant, you know, fear, like just trying to get people more frightened. 
And even when we were having a bad time here, the last thing in the world you need are, is people sensationalizing stories to make it even more frightening than it, than it already was when people were really concerned. Like, you know, who does that? What does that? What does that is the question. What does that? Rather than try to actually calm it down. Try to like try to help, you know. It's like instead try to sensationalize it, exaggerate things, manipulate things, make it seem worse. It's it's a very but it's a very human. It's not just an us and them. Everybody has done that. We've all exaggerated a, a terrible story at some point in our life. We've like it's a human issue. It's a human issue, and so it's kind of like the where we are. Like Nelson, Nelson Mandela said, we're more frightened of our light than we are of our fear. So if we're starting to go towards the light, you better be sure, like, we're going to, like, fear is going to want to try and stop it from going there in all sorts of, you know, clever, like fear and pain are clever. They're just not wise, but they're clever. Oh, good point. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) So when did you, uh, because I channel, too, uh, in the realm. Okay. and, And I channel in like the native language okay and it's fascinating because i don't understand a word i'm saying but they come in <laughs> and it's it's a beautiful you know sound and the words i don't understand what i'm saying but i have noticed and because when they come through it's like i step out they come in and they speak and sometimes it's like a masculine, like energy that I feel. And then sometimes it's a feminine energy. And I could, like, I started to record some of them. And I could tell, like, when I'm hearing, I'm like, oh, that does sound like a masculine voice. This sounds like a feminine voice. It's more soft. It's more, sometimes it's, like, very serious and adamant. And it's mind-boggling. Like, man, I speak their native language better than I can speak Spanish, Italian, or French. (laughs) And I missed the first part. So what, whose language is it? It's like highly evolved beings and ancient civilization beings. So, so like light, light language, light language. I guess it's like a light language. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's still like new to me, but I, I just feel like it's like, it's an ancient language because I always like in the beginning of my, you know, spiritual journey, I was like, where did language come from? Where did man come from? Wow. You know, I didn't believe in the you know, first there was Adam and Eve. No, <laughs> come to find out. <laughs> We've been all lied to about that one. <laughs> so I was like, well, how did people come like back in those times? These, this is ancient, like the Mayans, um, even with the Egyptians, like you could go further back, you know, how did they communicate with one another? How did it sound like, right. you know, and then I, I just found and discovered the Q and A form writings, you know, from Sumeria. Okay. Well. The Assyrians, the Assyrians, Babylonians. And there was no like color race. It was you were either Assyrian, Sumerian, Babylonian, Canaanite, Hematite, whatever. You know, there was no color. It was just where you at, that's what you were. Like I'm American. I'm from America. Right. Yeah. I get you know. So yeah. when did you start? just learning that you were channeling the Um, the angelic realm. Sure. Um, Well, when I started, as I said, like when I started my yoga journey or that that spiritual path, I opened really quickly and really fast. And so I was having, um, you know, very intuitive, like I would hear somebody calling me that, was not even around me, but they were calling me. You know, like I was having all these extrasensory kinds of things and very conscious dream work. And and um, so there was, a, there was an opening through all of that. But I didn't formally sit down with it until um, about 20 years ago. 
And, and I do something that's a little bit different than what you do. I do something that's called conscious channeling. So I, I don't, somebody, something else does not come into my body. I say a prayer and then I'm in, then I'm in it. And then there's, there's a channel and I'm a conduit for, for the communication, but I'm still like extremely present in the whole thing. Um, and it's very, you know, and, and it is very specific. I mean, it's part of my soul's group, really, to be part of this particular mission is to is to inform humanity that you basically are just living in stories and you think that they're real and that you don't have to be in them anymore. And all of the illnesses, all of the tragedies, all of the difficulties that you have in life are being caused by memories. They're not, even though they may be being acted out in front of you because the memories then start to create the drama, it recreates the drama, but it is the memory that is the issue. And, and it's a big awakening, but this is the awakening we're going through now. So we're shifting from 3D into like 4 and 5D and beyond. And as we get into 5D, like that's what goes on in 5D. This awareness, people will not... Will, will not perceive things through victim, persecutor, rescuer anymore. It will not be relevant, and it's not relevant in 5D. We start to see the individual soul acting out the memory patterns, and, and then people become more and more capable of just understanding how to let it go, let it go, let it go. That's not who they are. It's not who they are. It's not, and they don't need to do anything with it. They, there'll be a point where they won't need to therapeutize it anymore because they understand it. So once you understand it, you don't really need to keep on going over the story again. You just have to figure out what does it take for your ego to decide that it, it's willing to let go, that it doesn't feel like it needs it because of some old story that it somehow it needed this fear because of some kind of survival fear. Like That's really, really all that's going on. Everybody's story is a love story. When COVID first started, for instance, I always bring in readings for the collective as well as for individuals. And I brought in one about, the, about that whole thing. And also, I've been talking about this kind of happening for about 20 years because, because the guides were telling me this is happening. This is why we're giving you this information right now. Try to get as many people as you can, like to start to see that they're not these stories because when this happens on the planet, there's going to be so much fear and it's going to be really, really hard to hold your center, you know, because everybody's going to be vibrating all at the same time. So, so here it happened and the people that have been around me for a long time were like, oh my God, it's here. You know, you've been talking about it, talking about it, now it's here. And so and then I did a transmission, like just to really understand the nature of it and, and and they basically said it like this to make it very simple. Like what you are, what we are living in right now is the unresolved heartbreak of humanity. It's simple. It's the unresolved heartbreak of humanity, and and you know that's what we're coming out of. And it's what and in the difficulties that we've been in, and the confusions and the harmful things and all that is that's what it is. People can call it evil. People can call it all these things. I'm not saying that's. That's not right. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with descriptive words, but basically that's where it comes from. It comes from this unresolved heartbreak. And the soul knows instinctively that it's supposed to be whole. So when it's not whole, when it's living in tremendous trauma, then it will try to grab, it becomes totally materialistic. It will try, it'll do anything to try to fill itself up because it knows that it's supposed to be full, but it can't get there in an authentic way because this is unresolved heartbreak. And this transmission when it came through was has, has been so helpful for like so many people, including me, just every time when I'd start to get triggered, heartbreak, it's heartbreak, it's heartbreak. They're doing that because of their heartbreak. Okay, that I can relate to. You know, some of the other things are like, what are they like I can't relate to the actions both but it's caused by heartbreak that I can understand and everybody can understand that you know and that's why it's such a helpful perspective we might not be able to understand like the per a person's actions that we feel are just like so out of control and some and, and everybody's got their own versions of what that might be and, but but we can understand that it's being motivated by that and then you have this instantaneous kind of compassion doesn't mean you don't take action, but the action will not rob you of your own life force energy. It won't be a victimized action. It will be an informed action. And 
also will be not projecting onto the other person that they uh, that innately there's something wrong with them. Maybe there's something wrong with their act, with, with their behavior, but something wrong with them because that's what that's what humanity has that terrible, you know, terrible tendency to do, just to like to throw stones, you know, to really like it's. Well, that's been going on since our creation, honestly. Yeah, it has been, and it's actually stopping now. I mean, it may seem like it's worse than ever now, but all that's actually happened is that it's just become more obvious, just become more conscious. Everything that we're going through now is going on all, all the time. It, well, it's, history repeating itself. It just took a different form in a different timeline. That's it. Yeah. It's energy that trauma, energetic, emotional, energetic trauma that's yes. been passed down. Yes. Our, yeah. our creation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and all of the things that people felt over this time, you know, there was so, you know, so much conflict, families, everything, blah, blah, blah. But it was already there. It didn't get created by the circumstance. It got brought up to the surface by the circumstances. Actually a tremendous gift. Because now we can look at that and say, hey, do I actually really want to behave like that? Like, is it actually really what I want? You know, like it's an opportunity. All of it is. And we are coming out of that, that egotism. I, I was watching Edgar Tolle yesterday on Russell Brand show. It was a really good one. Just a little, a little clip. And he said, um, it's... It's, you know, people, like he said, yeah, there is. I've actually never seen him get so political. Not Russell Brent, Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> He's usually just like, consciousness, consciousness, right? But he kind of started to get really like. <laughs> really? I've never seen him do that before. Yeah, it was really interesting. And, and then he said, he said, but, you know, he said, and yes, there is going to be a great reset, but it's not. It's going to be a big surprise to the people who have already been trying to organize another reset. It's not going to be anything like that at all. He said, it's, the, you know, basically it's, the, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but it's like the death of the, we're death of the ego. That's what we're birthing is that we are becoming, we are the ego that we have known. The ego that we have known is finished. It's actually already finished, but we're catching up to it. <laughs> and that's what's, and that's what's happening. And it's like, People are scrambling because they don't even didn't even realize that they had an ego. Never mind the fact that now it's now it's being now it's over. And then what do you do with that? You know. And so it's a lot. It's a lot of catch up. It's a lot of catch up, even for people that have been. I know. And I live in Florida, and we have a governor that's you know is going to stop the woke. That's what he calls it. And I'm like, what? Can't stop the woke. When you awaken. There's no going back, dude. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but I just like sat there and listened to him talk about the woke, the woke. And I was like, yeah, we need to wake up. Yeah. It's time to wake up. Yeah. It's time to wake up. And uh, I have another mentor that I, I so love. Uh, Edgar Casey's one of them, but Dr. Ooh. Wayne Dwyer. Ooh. And I like love listening his voice you know i listen to his books i got the audiobooks from him oh, yeah. and uh the wish fulfilled okay and there's um a statement that he says in, in one of the audios like my audio meditation because sometimes i like to just listen and get that yeah. reinforcement of what i'm hearing to go yeah. into my subconscious yeah. And here's you can either be a host of God or the ego of God. It's huh. your call. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, I want to be a host. Like, I am, like, I don't want to say God so much because people have just distorted it. Yeah. It's okay. But this. Yeah. Divine essence, this greater yeah. intelligence that yeah. keeps my heart beating and I don't have to think about it. Keeps my lungs yeah. inhaling and exhaling and I don't have to think about it. Yeah. You know, like, wow. When I started like really getting my head around that, like, yeah, this thing that's in me, I'm connected to it. And I happen to be a female redhead 
that doesn't look so bad. Actually, it looks really good, you know, <laughs> you know, in time, you know, what we call linear time. I'm like, wow, like now I, I like falling in love with this human being. Beautiful. And it's like, I just want like, why can't we as a human race get this? Yeah, we make a huge world of a difference. Yeah, we we are, we are, and we will, and and when there are there's a certain there's a certain um, momentum of energies that have been really you know uh, in control of a lot of the controlling energies, um, and they're not so from the way that I understand everything, they're not so eager to change. But, they, but they're in, a, it's in the process now of them being kind of taken out of their positions of power. When they're out of their positions of power, it will be a lot easier for the collective individual, the collective and the individuals to make those change because the systems will not be designed on that frequency. Because when the systems are designed on the frequency, it's very hard unless a person has already, you know, put a lot of time and effort into understanding um, the evolution of consciousness, that it really is meant to change and all these different things, it's hard to shift it. But when the systems come down, and they, they are, um, and then when they're built in a, in a humanitarian way, this will influence everybody's permission, everybody's inner permission to make these, to make these shifts in consciousness. So... It's really just a little bit more patience that we need. <laughs> but it is wow. going It's yeah. like, and then I think about like, wow, you know, it's really not complicated. Well, we have a tendency to make things even more complicated than necessary. Yeah. The ego loves complexity because then it doesn't change. You see, the ego, the ego, so if speaking from a Vedic or a, yogic perspective, you mentioned the word kundalini before. So the kundalini is the dormant uh, spiritual energy that gets awakened and then reunites us with our supreme consciousness, right? So the ego is actually the same energy, but the ego is a downward flowing of en flowing energy and the kundalini is an upward flowing energy. They're the same energy, but they go in different directions. The ego's main job is to keep us in this experience of form so that we can transform our karma. And again, I'm not speaking about it in like making right everything we've been done. I do not relate to karma in that way at all. It's the memory bank that we're living in that we can let us release our identity from the memory banks and sit in our real identity, which is, you know, I am love. It is it's love is our real identity. So this is the, the ego is the vehicle that we that we use to be able to do that. The problem with the ego is that it gets weighed down by all the stories, and also it, it experiences itself as separate. And it's um, it believes that keeping some stopping something from changing is the way to keep it safe. So so it will try anything to stop something from changing. It will try anything to stop it from changing because it believes that's the way to keep it safe. And so the Kundalini energy is, is totally different. It rises upward and it just, it's the whole idea is kind of to shatter all these false realities and then sit us in, you know, a cosmic truth of who we are, which is this experience of love, like the way you were describing it. And so, um, it's just like, but the ego likes complexity because the more complicated everything gets, and I know, I don't know if you do your healing work for other people, but I've been doing this for decades. So many times I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm channeling and I can, you know, it's like, it's so clear. And I'm, and I'm, so, I'm not saying this from an egoic way. It's just like the information is so clear. And I know the people enough to know that it's really clear as well. And then you just watch them just, plateau off in all these complex stories <laughs> until like they're missing the point. And then and then then it takes a while to come back down around again. I can't tell you how many times I've had people like 10 years later, 15 years later, 
oh my God, now I understand what you were trying to tell me. Like back then, I get it now. You know, like, and like, or even like the sessions that I do are always recorded. Like I've listened to this 500 times, I swear. They never said that before. It was never on that recording. I'm going, it was always there. You know, it's like, oh my God. You, you couldn't hear it. Like the ego would not let you hear it, you know, and but until it got to its position of being comfortable with letting it go. But so we can thank it. Thank you because you've given me this body. Thank you because you've given me a vehicle to do, to be here and to experience life. Life is beautiful. And, and, to, have, and to have this, you know, possibility of transformation. But we don't want its fear. We're, we're trying to refine the ego now. We're not ego bashers anymore. That's an old paradigm type of spiritual. Yeah. Now we're trying to refine the ego. We're saying, hey, come on along. It's great. It's wonderful. You, you gave us a body. We have these senses. It's enjoyable. We can enjoy people, food, places, everything, and all of this. So just let go of your fear. And, let's, and so we're going to merge the ego and the higher self. We're creating a new species. We're coming from the human being into the heaven and earth being. It's the merging of both. We're not, it's no longer a thing where like we're all earth or then we're all heaven, we're all earth, we're all heaven, and like we're constantly saying the other one is a problem. They're both coming together, but the ego does need to let go of its identity. On earth as it is in heaven. Yes. Exactly. I never understood that until my journey. And then I was like, oh, like light bulb went on. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I think I'm getting that now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And there is because, I mean, I, you know, it, religion has a, a, a role in keeping us suppressed. Yes. You know, and that and that that and the beliefs and, and whatnot. And only if they knew. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had to get out of religion. It, it just after what I experienced and doing my research and studying, I'm like I don't want to be a part of that history repeating itself. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yes. no, and and we don't know. I think we're going to find out more and more as things go on, just about how intentional some of it is. But also, I mean, again, I'm here in India. And, India is full of religion. It's full of spirituality and it's also full of religion. And I can see how some of the religious systems are put into place to organize, I'll use the word organize rather than control, large groups of people that really are not independent thinkers. So therefore give them a few rules. So that, and, and if they follow those rules, then society is going to function in a way that's more harmonious. That's one that's one idea of of perhaps its purpose but i you know i think we're going to find out a few more nefarious things soon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well i enjoyed having you on the show and thank, thank you. you thank you can i is it possible for me just to speak for a couple of minutes around the music yes okay so just it's a good segue so everything that we've been talking about so far the band that I have now called Love Power the Band, it's actually called Anandazinya Shakti and Love Power the Band. The music that we perform is vibrational healing, all about everything that we've spoken. The lyrics, the words, there's a lot of repetition of words. The way that we play when we do live performance, it's interactive. So it's not call and response, but the audience actually gets part of the music themselves they get apart and so they become part of the band so that everything comes into this synergy of oneness it's 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 really incredible and then the um the content of the songs are about and you'll you'll feel it if you listen to it they they lift the vibration of the consciousness into this heaven and earth being so that's what we're doing with the music and that's why i'm back in the music world <laughs> Yay! well i'm so happy to hear that and I look forward to uh, getting some of that music. And I do believe er your contact information and where they could find. You put it in? It's right. already in the show notes. And oh, yes. I look for it when I come to India. I'm going to look you up, girlfriend, because I want to oh. meet you. <laughs> so lovely to speak with you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you again. I look forward to having you on the show again. Thank hopefully. you. 
soon, next year. Okay, take care. Bye for now. Well, there you go. You never know what you're going to learn and how it might help you. And I look forward to having her back on the show. Go check out her music. And you can reach out and contact her for a reading. And I am still in the process of setting up my studio, getting it, you know, to where it's, this is just a piece of it. And <clears throat> you never know who I'm going to get on this show. So you have to stay tuned. And jewelry is provided by Pretty Bling Boutique. And makeup is provided by Pharmacy. If you want to know more about that, you can click on the links below as well. So until then... Stay tuned to Wake Up With KC. Transform your life. Be the best version of you and live your best life now.